Has Carey Price played his last game in the National Hockey League? If so, does Carey Price get his jersey retired by the Montreal Canadiens? Does Carey Price make it to the Hockey Hall of Fame? How about Sean Monaghan? How much gas does he have left in his tank? And if he does have a little bit, is it enough for Kent Hughes to want to re-sign him and extend them, seeing as he's a pending unrestricted free agent? Is Monaghan really a center? Or is he a winger? Speaking of which, will the Canadians end up trading a winger to get help on defense? We'll tackle this and so much more on the SICK Podcast. I'm Marinero. My guest today from Sportsnet, Habs Insider, Eric Engels, coming up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Aaron Arrow, the sick podcast brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And Lacage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when it was called La Casual Spot, it's time you go back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. I am going back to La Cage. I've been there uh, several times this week, and uh, it's uh, it's an awesome spot to hang. You know, it's, sports fans should be going to La Cage, and the best thing about it now is with their revamp menu is that even non-sports fans should be going to La Cage. Uh, the tuna tartare and the salmon tartare, my God, absolutely unbelievable. But anyway, speaking of unbelievable, he is on all things Montreal Canadiens more and more with each passing day. He's established himself as one of the premier insiders in the city for Habs Nation. He is from Sportsnet. Eric Engels, what's going on? Everything's good, Tony. How's you, how are you enjoying summer? Uh, I am, I am. I see your beautiful Los Angeles shirt. I kind of wish I was in Los Angeles right now. Uh, because I've been there once, and I am a big fan of Santa Monica, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the Grateful Dead, and there's a Grateful Dead t-shirt, and that's why I'm wearing it. Uh, I see it. Okay, I got it. I got it. I uh, I thought it was more so for Los Angeles, but there you have it. Uh, speaking of Los Angeles, I can't forget Italy, which is a very... Did I go to Italy in Los Angeles? Yes, I did go to Italy in Los Angeles, and I went to Italy in Chicago, too, and in New York. Uh, it's another great spot, by the way. Okay, uh, not sure why I gave them a plug there, but anyway. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, you um, made us aware that uh, when Sean Monahan's name came up yesterday, the Flames trying to move Sean, uh, Sean Monahan to make room for Nazem Kadri. You tweeted something to the effect of, uh, I got wind of this a couple of weeks ago, not saying it's going to happen, but don't be surprised if Sean Monahan ends up being a Montreal Canadian uh, because the Canadians were in on Sean Monahan. So when did you hear about this? And... Um, uh, what do you think? I soft sold it a bit because I knew there was another team in there, but I knew it was highly likely it was going to be Montreal. In fact, it wasn't long after that it became definite in my mind. And then my good buddy Elliot Friedman scooped me and got it out there and said, it's Don Monahan is going to Montreal. And then we all waited for the hours that we did. You know, this was a conversation going back to Kadri being left on the market and Calgary wanting to sign him. And 
they obviously, like anybody else who was looking to sign Nazem Kadri, was looking for kind of a max deal here. We're going to have to clear space to do it. And Sean Monaghan was the obvious candidate for them to do that. And the Canadians had to do their research on the player, find out where he's at from a health perspective after two hip surgeries and see, you know, where he's going to be at this season if he can not necessarily reclaim where he once was as a high point producing center in the NHL, um, but get close enough to it that it would be a worthwhile investment for them, especially if they could collect an asset like they did in the deal in a first round pick. So, you know, <clears throat> my uh, radar was up, so to speak, and uh, things happened very quickly and then they happened very slowly because as we know, there was all kinds of conditions attached to this first round pick, yeah. mostly to do because they, they originally structured the deal in a way that it got rejected by the NHL. Um, so a lot of hammering it out between Tree Living and Hughes. I got to commend both guys. You know, I, I think they're both really good GMs. They work together on a couple of trades now. And I look at Brad Tree Living and I'm just like, man, you lose Kachuk, you lose Gaudreau, and somehow end up net positive in the whole situation. Uh, like you could argue that the Calgary Flames are better today than they were when they ended the playoffs in such a devastating fashion against the Oilers. And I uh, watch out for that team. They're a contender. And I, I think Brad Tree Living was so careful about giving up this first round pick because he didn't want to look bad on it. But at the end of the day, who's talking about that in Calgary right now, right? Like this team's a yeah. contender. They did what contenders do. And Montreal, Kent Hughes, you got to give him credit. Like this guy is picking up future assets and a guy like Monaghan could become one as well, whether he's great with the Canadians and proves to carve himself out of spot or, you know, he's really good with the Canadians and other people are interested in him and it advances the build that Kent Hughes is trying to achieve with Ken, uh, with uh, Jeff Gordon. So we'll see. The role of a general manager in any organization is obviously one who manages people and Kent Hughes is, very, very big on trying to do his best of managing people, people within his locker room and also his personal relationships. And I'm glad you brought up Bradtree Living because the fact they did hammer out a previous deal, which was the deal that saw Tyler Toffoli go to the Calgary Flames earlier in the season last season, just goes to show you that they have a relationship. They trust each other and they wanted to find, you know, they wanted to help each other out yesterday. And that's exactly what happened, right? Kent Hughes helped out Tree Living. Tree Living helped out Kent Hughes. And it's not every team that has about $6.4 million of cap space that could have made that deal. But at the same time, one of the other things that I think really helped in this whole situation is the fact that Nazem Kadri is a client of Cortex Management um, where Kent Hughes used to work. And I think, I think he probably had an inkling of where Kadri was going to sign. Maybe. Look, all GMs are on top of this, right? But even if it was 30 minutes before everyone else, uh, I think it gave him enough time to pick up the phone and say, and maybe it didn't go down that way. Maybe it was Tree Living who called Kent Hughes and said, hey, by the way, bud, we have a relationship together here. Can you help me out? I can help you out. I think invariably in these cases, you know, especially when you have an agent like Darren Ferris who represents uh, Nazem Kadri, um, he'll call around and see, you know, how he can make things work, that his client can get what he wants out of the situation. What was clear about Nazem Kadri is he wanted the whole thing. He wanted the, the max kind of term that you could sign as a free agent in seven years. He wanted a big salary and he wanted to play for a contender. Not an easy thing to do in this marketplace with a flat cap. And, you know, I, I don't know if Tree Living made the first call to Hughes or Ferris did and said, hey, you know, I think we might have something with Calgary and maybe you would be interested in taking on something that helps them sign my guy. And, 
you know, I think Ken Hughes, if he had that conversation, probably would have said to him, I'm going to do what's best for the Montreal Canadiens. So this is kind of potentially how these things work without being able to say for sure. And either way, you're right. You know, a relationship was founded on a previous deal between Tree Living and Hughes when the thing fell apart yesterday at the NHL level just because of some real complicated stuff that I don't think anybody wants wants to get into because it's just boring as are the conditions attached to that deal and what got it done. Um, you know, they still kept hammering away at it, despite the fact that Ken Hughes, I think, was celebrating his anniversary with his wife and uh, Bradtree Living was moving his daughter into college. You know, these guys, they work around the clock. It's supposed to kind of be a downtime vacation time for everybody in the NHL that's at that level. They work so hard up until this point. Um, but, you know, both of them got a good piece of business accomplished for their teams. And we'll see where it all ends up in a year, in two years, in three years, in five years, whatever it is. But the Canadians have this plan in place and they're executing it. Kent Hughes says no improvement on Carey Price's need despite the injection that he had this offseason. Uh, will not be ready for camp, will not be ready for the start of the regular season. As a matter of fact, he doesn't see a pathway uh, or a path for Carey Price to actually play at all this season, which has a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans in particular asking the question, will Carey Price play another game again in the National Hockey League? For that to happen, he'll have to at least require a surgery, Eric, and then all the chips have to fall into place. And of course, it's going to be a big question of how much pain he wants to play with for the rest of his career if he decides to play. And we already know he's played with a fair share of it. So my question to you, without you knowing the answer, I'm just going to ask you from a gut feeling perspective, you think we're going to see Carey Price again in the National Hockey League play? Again? So let's, yeah, let's go back a few months because honestly, as he was preparing to return last season on his bid for the Masterton Award, which obviously he didn't put himself up as a candidate, but he ended up winning the award and, and because of his perseverance and dedication to the sport. Um, you know, during that time, Canadians fans left, right, and center, as I'm sure they came up to you and asked the same questions. They were always asking me, what do you think? going to happen with Kerry is going to be able to play and what's the future and you know my gut then was that he was going to play his five six games or whatever it was and that we might never see him again and that he'd be on long-term IR for the rest of his career that was my gut mm-hmm. and because I didn't think that he was going to subject himself to another procedure that doesn't guarantee that he could return to the level of play that he wants to be at And now, you know, you look at the Canadians, right? Like, look at where the Canadians are at in this build, how far away they potentially will be from winning a Stanley Cup anytime soon. And think about Carey Price. Like, what's he playing for? It's not for the love of the game and for his identity as a Montreal Canadian. The guy wants to win a Stanley Cup. Correct. That has been his sole ambition uh, as he's reached, as he's put it several times, the back nine of his career. He has played through so much pain, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. He has had these injuries nonstop. Every time he puts on his equipment and gets into the butterfly, the swelling comes back to his knee. So I don't think Kent Hughes was necessarily off in suggesting that the only way back for him will be another surgery. Is he really willing to submit to that again? I think if he was, you know, he's had a lot of time between the PRP injections and getting to this stage of the summer to decide if he wants to get under the knife. And if he was ready to do it, you know, I think he'd already do it. So mm-hmm. you asked me if we'll ever see him again. I'm an optimist, and I hope so if that's what Carey Price wants. And if he doesn't, what a career this guy has had. And it sucks. You know, you want to see a guy like him be able to call his own shot. Same thing with Shea Weber before him. But this is part of what you sign up for when you're an NHL player. You know that it might end this way. And if it does, you know, I think those five games that Carey played, 
and especially the way it ended with a 10-2 win and him waving to his family with 10 seconds left on the clock. I think he was soaking it all in and understanding that yeah. if this is it, I'm okay, I'm at peace. And I hope he is yeah. at peace regardless of what happens here. My gut tells me he won't play another NHL game, so I'll ask you this question. Hockey Hall of Fame, yes or no and why? For me, he's there. And because it's not the NHL Hall of Fame, and maybe Cups is the biggest qualifier for everybody, but we're talking about an Olympian, a world champion. Uh, the numbers that he put up in the highest pressure situations in those tournaments, no matter how good Team Canada was in front of him. Like I go back to when he won the gold medal. They had a game against Latvia where they were almost on the other side of the biggest upset in like Canadian hockey history. And he only made, I think, about 16 saves in the game. But if he doesn't make them, we're talking about the biggest upset in Canadian hockey history. And that pressure was on his shoulders and he carried it. And he did that throughout his whole career. And if the Canadians had a better team in front of him for most of it, his numbers would reflect much better. But, you know, you just look at the whole resume. World Junior, uh, he was the best goalie of his generation for a solid, you know, call it five to eight years, whatever it is. There have been a couple that have been in the same stratosphere, but go ask around the NHL and somehow, you know, every player invariably says, now it's Vasilevsky, but go back a few years. Yeah. It's price, 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 price. This guy's the best. And yeah, I take I take their opinion with a bit higher stock than yours or mine. You know, Do they play against him every day. They practice against yeah. him every day. And I just think the guy's a legend. I mean, he's the winningest goalie in Canadians history. And um, that's not a small title. I, I think he belongs in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I'm going to agree with you there, but our answer might be different to the next question. Have his jersey retired by the Montreal Canadiens, yes or no? That's a tough one because now we're talking the NHL and we're talking about cups and we're talking yeah. about the names that are up there. And you know what? Like, look behind me on this wall here. This is Saku Koivu right here. Yeah. And yeah. there's been a lot of arguments about potentially putting him up there. And there's been arguments about putting Andre Markov in there. And I just think about, you know, the different names that are up there and what distinguishes them. And it's, you know, it's a 11 Stanley Cups for Henri Richard or it's yeah. 10 for Jean Beliveau or it's, yeah. you know, but you know what I would do with guys like this, whether it's Koivu or maybe not Markov, but people will argue with me about that, and that's fine. They have their opinion. Maybe a guy like Price. I'd be cool with putting a statue of them somewhere near the back. I think particularly in Koivu's case, you know, like here's a guy that really he gave to Montreal. If not for him, people would have to go two hours out of the city to get a PET scan. Um, yeah. I just think he was a true Montrealer and a true embodiment of the Montreal Canadiens. And, celebrating players like him and, and Price, who gave his whole career 15 years here in Montreal, yeah. um, putting a statue up or something like that to commemorate their work, I, I think that's yeah. appropriate. But jersey in the rafter, I don't know. Yeah, well, listen, in terms of Koivu and statue, considering what you just said about going to get a PET scan and stuff like that, instead of uh, uh, you know going to Sherbrooke or driving out two hours, you can actually have one here in Montreal. I totally agree with you. Other than that, from a hockey perspective, uh, you'd have to think that if your jersey's not going to be retired, it'd probably be hard-pressed to get a statue. So, uh, look, two two wrongs don't make a right. The Canadians, unfortunately, have so many stars, players that had great careers that they have not yet retired their jerseys. So I cannot say retire Carey Price's jersey knowing that those jerseys aren't retired. So if those jerseys of those players would get retired, then I think we can revisit the conversation. But for now, knowing that those jerseys are not retired, I'd have to say a no for now. Okay, so now let's move on. Sean Monaghan, in your opinion, center or winger? Because he's played both. We'll find out. Uh, flexibility is a good thing, right? I mean, especially when you logjam the middle a little bit. And I, I know people are looking at this deal, right? And they're saying, 
what's going to happen with Christian Dvorak? He's out the door now. I, I, I'm sorry. Like that's, I don't, I would be really surprised if that happened before games are played and, and things start happening this season. I think we all know, or at least people that watch Christian Dvorak before he ended up in Montreal, that he's a much better player than he showed in the first half of the season. 100%. He's an opportunity to shelter a guy like Kirby Doc. Um, he takes the pressure off a guy like Sean Monaghan coming off two surgeries to force him in the middle all the time. Evans is flexible too to play the wing a little bit, although I think we all agree he's better at center. And you need depth at the position. You're going to have injuries. People are going to go down. And it, this is not a problem that requires some sort of immediate solution. So yeah. the Canadians, from a cap perspective, with where they're at with Price now, with where they're at with Byron, even Jonathan Drouin, to an extent, we don't know if he's going to be ready to start the season with what happened with his wrist. You hope that he is. He hopes that he is. Um, but we'll find out in time. So I don't think the answer has to be there right now on Monaghan. It's, you, yeah. you come to camp, put the cards where you think they belong, and then shuffle them. If Christian Dvorak doesn't take his game to the next level in the next year, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that at one point they'll probably trade him. Having said all that, being traded to a team in a different division, in a different conference, with a different coach, and then two different coaches, and a different style of play, and then another style of play, there's an adaptation period, and the Canadians are going to give Christian Dvorak the benefit of time and so I agree with you. At the very least, they are going to wait until trade deadline day before making their mind up on this player. And it could be maybe even be in the offseason next this year. Is, this, is about asset, this is about asset management. You yeah. don't trade players when they are negative value. I think we saw over the second half of the season a player that was much closer to who Christian Dvorak is. He had an injury in between the slow, bad start. And he called it that himself and picking up his game. Uh, that's a hard thing to do midstream. And then all of a sudden he's, he's starting to show what we wanted to see from him a little bit. And now yeah. like, it's the same thing. People are going to look at Jonathan Drew and say, okay, get him out of town. Uh, like why he's a pending unrestricted free agent at $5.5 million. Uh, he had a really good start to last season before the injury hit and he couldn't play. If he has another really good start this season, his value goes from negative to positive. You know, this is the business that Kent Hughes Correct. and Montreal Canadiens are in right now. It's about asset management, future asset management. That's right. It's a stock market is what it is. Matrixhomefitness.ca. I don't know if Eric Engels has tried out their equipment, but if you're seeing Eric Engels for the first time here on screen in a while, uh, he actually documented his story on social media a couple of days ago. He has lost 50 pounds since, I believe, the month of January. Bring it home. Discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. I know that Eric has been pumping some iron, too, and lifting some weights. Eric, my God, if only I had your discipline, bud. All right, okay. Um, on another note, uh, Sean Monahan, if he plays well, is he a guy that you can see Kent Hughes re-signing, knowing that he's a pending unrestricted free agent at the end of the year? Or, because you talked about asset management, um, Will he trade him to try and get something for him? And speaking of trading, and I asked you before if he's a center or a winger, do you think at one point the Canadians are going to end up trading a winger to get help on the fence? Well, let's start with the first part, right? And asset management is about keeping your flexibility open. Um, if Sean Monaghan comes in here and proves to be, you know, an uh, integral part of the room and or integral part of the room and he plays great and they see him as an option that's an upgrade over a guy like the Borak, and they can help insulate a guy like Kirby Doc for not just one year, but two, three, uh, and they feel that there's more value in signing him than there is in trading him because he played well, then that's what they'll do. If they feel that the value is higher, like we talked about, like Lekkonen, you know, at the beginning of 
last year leading into the trade deadline. And there was a lot of fans that were like, hold on to Lekkonen. Don't, don't trade this guy. He's so good. Um, but the value on the market was too good to turn away from. And we knew that was going to be the case. And we knew that the contract that he was going to sign was going to be prohibitive considering what the Canadians had already invested in their middle six group and the contracts that they had. And it just made sense to take what they got for him and move on at that point. That is probably the most likely scenario with Sean Monaghan if he finds not necessarily the game that we saw three years ago, but a game that's very similar to it and much better than what we saw last year in Calgary. And people need to understand this guy did not fall off the map because he was uh-huh. dogging it or he had a comp. Like he was playing through terrible injuries beat up. and he was really beat up and he tried everything he could. And you hear Brad Tree Living talk about this guy and the character of him and how much they yeah. love him. And, it's genuine. And you know, I find that most of what Brad Tree Living says, if not all of it, is quite genuine. He's a, he's a straight shooter. So and actually, you read the press release and the wording, and there's so much respect for the player. It almost yeah. sounds like it was Kent Hughes who was writing that. The, the Canadians and the Calgary Flames, they kind of like are doing things the same way. They've understood that you need to treat people right because Montreal and Calgary usually aren't the preferred destination. We, you know, Canada. Uh, probably takes a back seat to some places in the United States like Anaheim and San Jose and Los Angeles and Dallas and Florida and Tampa or the New York Rangers, for example. And you just, you have to be sure that you do absolutely everything right. And you treat the players and their families mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic because it's already so hard to begin with that players to come to you. Okay. Now, uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook comment sick S I C K, if you're listening on audio, please leave us a five-star review and write sick because when you write sick, it's our way of feeling the love. Eric, this has been a lot of fun in ending. One more for you. It looks like you want to add something. but Well, uh, you asked me one question. You asked me a two-part question. And I want to answer your that. question yeah, about the right. wingers and the defensemen. Yes. Um, obviously, surplus of wingers in Montreal. Obviously, lack of veteran defensemen to insulate. Uh, yes, you know they picked up uh, Mike Matheson, and that helps. Yeah. But again, you're an injury away from exposing your young defensemen in a way that you don't want to. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a rotation of these guys, whether it's Gooley, Harris, uh, Barron, whatever it is. Some of them yeah. are going to need to spend 15 games at a time in the AHL and come back up. And so you're in a, you're in a good position to insulate them and properly raise them. You're going to be in a better one if you can get yourself a veteran defenseman uh, on top of what you already have. And I think, you know, that'll be a goal for Kent Hughes. If it's not before training camp, then as we move along and, and move into training camp and approach the season, I, I think they want to be in a position where they're they're properly taking care of their young players. That's the development is the other huge part yeah. of this plan, if not the most primary thing that's going on here. And you see it with the hiring of Robida and Martin St. Louis and all these guys. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I think they have a pocket to deal from there in terms of their surplus on wingers, but things are crazy at the beginning of the season and all kinds of players end up on waivers and all of a sudden somebody's yeah. available that doesn't fit in somebody else's cap, but fits perfectly in yours. So the flexibility is there to make those types of moves. In ending in 10 seconds, what's the next thing that you're going to keep your eye on with this team? I mean, is there another story developing that you're, or is it, what are you curious about? Not much. I got to tell you, I'm enjoying the summer and not thinking about the Canadians at all, but Obviously, Kirby Doc needs Sorry a contract. Sorry if I interrupted your summer today. Kirby, no, I love it. It's all good. Kirby Doc needs a contract. It'll get settled one way or the other. Uh, yeah. Kent Hughes doesn't anticipate it'll be contentious, and all of a sudden, training camp rolls around, and he's not signed. And Caden Primo, I don't know uh, what cards he was playing in his negotiations with the Canadians. I can't imagine he was totally 
pumped and excited to see Samuel Motombo sign. I think it's a one-way deal with the Canadians, right? Yes, it is. But all of a sudden, Carey Price isn't there. So I think that yeah. should get wrapped up pretty easily. And you know, then all the business is done and there's more that could potentially develop as certain players become available and the cap crunch hits other teams that need to clear space. And that's, you know, that's, that's where Kent Hughes is living right now in yeah. that space where he can potentially figure something out that's good for everybody. I think the day they gave Montembeau the one-way contract, Kent Hughes already had a pretty good idea that the news on Carey Price's knee was not getting better. But, I mean, that's just... that's. I think he had an inclination in yeah. terms of where this was going, but couldn't say for sure. And if he could, yeah. we, would, we would have heard about it sooner. So, yeah. you know, again, like Carey needed time uh, for the PRP injection to see what the result would be with that. Unfortunately, it hasn't solved the issue that he has, as we know. You know, anybody listening out there, I'm, I'm with all of you guys. You know, we don't cheer for teams. I don't cheer for the Canadians. I don't cheer for any other team in the NHL. I cheer for people, and I've gotten to know Carey Price really well, and I, I really wish him and his family the best. He has been through hell and back over the last couple of years, and I, I just hope whatever the result is for him that he's at peace with it and he can live his life the way he wants to. He's a great guy. I've gotten to know him well. I've been in Montreal. His rookie season was mine, and um, you know it's it's sad. It's 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 sad to see somebody not be able to go out on their own terms. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if this is the end for him. I don't know if a year from now he's going to say, "I'm going to attack this again. I'm not done." Like, and if if that's the case, then the hockey fan, the hockey world, wins at the possibility that we might see him again, whether it's in Montreal or elsewhere. There's his Twitter handle, Eric Engels, one of the Habs' premier insiders in the world. You can follow him on Twitter, and hopefully, you'll be seeing more of him right here on the Sick Podcast. Thanks, Eric. Have a good one, bud. My pleasure. Take care, Tony. Here's, I'm Marinero. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. It's the Sick Podcast. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>